Travel around the world a little bit, and I know you spent a, a stint in Cambodia. But I'm just curious to know what other parts of the world have you travelled to, and what kind of mission trips have you been on? Sure. So um, when I left school, I went straight to university. I did university here in Brisbane, and then I was fortunate enough to get employment in New Zealand. So I worked in New Zealand for two years um, in a school for the deaf. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, I really um, got into a faith community who had a huge heart for the nations, and that um, really was a place where I started um, learning to reach out into the community there where I was in Auckland. Um, I started growing and I guess being mentored by people there. Um, teaching me, you know, how to reach out and how to pray with people and encourage people. Um, We'd go on a street band there. Um, And from there, I was able to spend 10 weeks on the Doulos, which is um, basically a floating bookshop that travels in different regions of the world. And I was fortunate enough to join the ship when they were going through the Arabian Peninsula. So um, I got my first taste of proper Middle Eastern culture, um, travelling through the UAE, Oman, Bahrain and Qatar. Um, And then I came back and spent some time here in Australia um, working again. And from there, um, after a few years, I went to spend some time in Uganda Um, and then worked with an NGO there for 10 months. So what were you doing Um, in Uganda? So I was working with an NGO um, called Operation Uganda who um, have an orphanage. They run a child sponsorship program for children in the community around where their orphanage and their church is based, and they also run a women empowerment program where they um, train local women in building up skills um, so that they can basically produce things that will help them to get employment and maintain an income. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was working with the director's son, doing some homeschooling with him and also just doing general day-to-day things um, on the project. And did you find it was a dangerous place to to minister in Uganda? Um, No, uh, obviously, there are certain risks in that part of the world. Um, I was in a really safe part, part of the um, city. We were in Kampala, and um, 
We did um, experience a time where there were bombs. That um, it was during the time of the World Soccer World Cup in 2010. Um, so yeah, there were bombs a couple of kilometres away from where we were, but um, that definitely caused the security level of the city to step up for a time um, while we were there, but. Honestly, if you if you use your common sense and you, you know, I mean, you just do what you can. And I was always very safe. Mm. Now, I think I remember chatting to you after you'd been to Uganda and uh, I, I got to know you through our church. And, you know, we we, uh, we saw you leading worship as part of our worship team. And uh, But I could also see that you still had a heart to go to the nations and, and help out in any way that you felt God had called you to, and you felt a stirring in your heart to go and minister with She Rescue in Cambodia. Mm. How long were you over there for? Um, I was on the ground for 11 months. 11 months over there. And what was it like working with these young girls that had been rescued uh, out of the the slave trade? Um, Look, She Rescue Home does an amazing job. I was so um, impressed by the level of professionalism um, amongst their staff and their volunteers and um, it's a very special place. To be honest, it took me probably a couple of months before it really hit home um, of what the experience and the background of some of the girls who I was working with actually was because when you step into the home, it's such an amazing atmosphere where the girls are made to feel safe. They're made to feel that they can be children, they can play and laugh and have fun and um, I guess feel um, comfortable to, to become kids again. And these these are girls who've experienced, um, well, they're survivors of having been trafficked or raped or were at risk of one of those things. And um, While I was there, the youngest girl who came in was seven um, and the oldest was 16. So they work with that age range and, um, yeah, it's it's a very special place. But as I said, it took a couple of months before I realised. But I did see um, times where some of the girls would have a very emotional reaction to something which looked very simple or looked minor to me but obviously because of the trauma they've experienced it causes their reaction to to be quite big Mm. um, to the situation but it was just an amazing time to see some of these girls who possibly grew um, grew up in a very difficult circumstance entered the home feeling um, you know, they've lost their confidence. They feel a lot of shame. There's a lot of um, expectations in Cambodian society amongst the Khmer culture. Um, there is a Khmer saying that says that men are like gold and women are like cloth. So oh. if a woman has been damaged, um, she doesn't carry as much value anymore. However... Um, a man, a man, kind of constantly carries value, um, and so yeah, the experiences that some of these girls have had 
have caused them to carry a lot of shame. And um, I was just so blessed to be there over a period of time long enough to see some of these girls really grow in their confidence, grow in the skills and abilities that they were able to learn um, and also grow in faith and and grow to come to love and and appreciate God and to be able to actually hear from God and have a relationship with Him. And being a dad with kids, uh, you know, I've, I've got a little seven-year-old girl and, uh, mm. you know, a, a nine-year-old and a 17-year-old, but I remember uh, hearing some of the stories of kids that are rescued and some of them are uh, as young as my kids. Uh, my, That's right. Oh, yeah. it just breaks your heart. And I can remember I've been to Cambodia a couple of times, as you know, and uh, mm. visited uh, Destiny Rescue while I was over there. And I remember some of these young girls uh, were being trained to be baristas and to make coffee, and they, they'd also made some Anzac bickies, you know, which is a, a famous Australian recipe. And uh, th- th- this was a, a, a young a safe house that was run by a, a couple from Perth. And I can remember these young girls sheepishly coming up, offering us a coffee and, and an Anzac bickie. And, you know, for me it was quite heartbreaking because I've got, you know, kids that age and also – these girls, uh, you know, to, to see a big white man, you know, we're probably, we probably look like some of the guys that have, you know, caused them grief in the past. And, uh, you know, for them to actually be friendly to us is quite a brave thing to do. Uh, and uh, thankfully I, I did some juggling and I played some games and, the, and I won them over and, and they, they, you know, I won their trust. But uh, when, you, when you think of what these girls have gone through, uh, thank God for ministries like She Rescue and Destiny Rescue that are helping them not just give them a hand out, but give them a hand up. Uh, and uh, and I remember, too, they were making ballet dresses for a Brisbane ballet company. And I thought, wow, isn't it great to see a, a, a Brisbane-based business, you know, working with these guys. And, you know, the fact that they, they now get trained, they, they get a new start in life, don't they, Anna? Absolutely. And exactly what you just said with the different NGOs that are on the ground there, Something that I really grew to value was the fact that there are different NGOs who are all working at different levels yeah. of the issue. There's there's people working from the top down as well as the bottom up and and everywhere in between. And every every group is needed. Mm. Every person is needed. Um, it when I went over there, um, you kind of go with this concept of thinking, okay, these are the kinds of jobs that I might be doing. Um, but when you're on the ground, there's there's so much that needs to be done and mm. every part of that is important. Um, things, everything from, you know, maintaining the house and, and keeping everyone um, clean and organized and safe and um, and then, you know, running these programs, skills programs and teaching and learning programs and then just getting people from A to B and preparing um, resources and having contact with families outside who are connected to the girls who've been affected. Mm. There's just so much involved and every person involved 
is an important part of the outcome. Such a great ministry, and uh, I, I remember when you came back and I, uh, you know, seeing your presentation and looking at the photos and thinking, oh, I think every Aussie needs to go to spend some time in Cambodia. And uh, you know, they're our neighbours; they're just up just up north, and we, you know, we should all be reaching out to to that nation. I remember going through the uh, the the uh, horrible uh, museum there uh, after yeah, the, the Pol Pot regime and seeing the photos of what that nation's been through. Uh, absolutely horrific, but praise God that there are great missions over there that are reaching out. Now, the other thing I want to ask you about, Anna, you're also very involved in working with uh, asylum seekers and refugees, uh, not only in your employment, but also on some some of your spare time, you visit one of the local uh, uh, detention centres, spending time with people from nations like Iran and Somalia and uh, Burma, Myanmar, and and I know that you've got a, a heart to minister uh, to these uh, dear ones that have been affected so much and, uh, you know, li- living a horrible life uh, in, in detention. Uh, tell yeah. us, what, what's, what's that ministry been like for you uh, since you've been in there visiting them recently? Yeah, so as you mentioned, I am employed. Um, I work with Access Community Services and um, I help to coordinate life skills programs for people who are in community um, who've come as refugees Um, or are in community as asylum seekers. And um, I also work, um, I also visit people and um, in the last few months have had the privilege to go in with a group and run some chapel services for people who are in detention. Um, And it it is a challenging environment, to be honest. It's um, a place where... It's very difficult mm. because I'm a bit of a fixer-type personality <laughs> and going in there, I can't give a simple answer or yeah. a simple, um, you know, fix-it kind of strategy. Um, but I guess something that I've realised over the time is they really do value people um, just acknowledging, coming alongside, bringing encouragement Um, and I guess just consistently um, turning up and and showing them value by just even spending time and playing games and coming along just to have a conversation and and just see how they're traveling because um, I think for us who live in community and have never been in that situation it's really hard to comprehend what it would be like Mm. to be in this compound for a lot of people have been there for close to two years and um yeah i think it's really hard for us to comprehend how that would affect us um emotionally and um even you know spiritually um, as well as physically and um, I think yeah it's it's been really great to be able to um, encourage them and I have been challenged because at times I've gone in and you know felt tired or um, exhausted at the end of a day and thought oh, I'll just go and visit for a little while but ended up having fun and leaving feeling more energized than when I went in, which is just amazing considering, you know, the challenging places that these people are in right now. 
Well, you've got an amazing heart to uh, minister to people in your own backyard and across the nations, and uh, it's just exciting to see what uh, God's been doing in your life, and I'm excited to see what He's going to do next uh, in your life. Uh, Anna Rollinson, Oregon, your history maker, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Matt. It's been great to chat. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. Order your flash drive with 20 of the best History Makers interviews now at historymakers.tv for just $19.95. All proceeds will help History Makers Radio and TV share the gospel all around the world. Order now at station sponsor, historymakers.tv. You'll hear interviews from Mark Burnett, producer of the Bible series and Survivor. Musicians like Paul Coleman, Mark Schultz and George McArdle from the Little River Band. Also Kate Brax, winner of MasterChef 2011, former Olympian Elka Whalen and many more. Order now at historymakers.tv.